Pushing It, where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. Because if you can't laugh without peeing yourself, you might as well laugh at yourself while doing it. Wow, Elise, going old school, are we? I am. Okay, well, introduce yourself. Oh, yeah. The, and what's super important is that I'm Elise McAllister, and this is... Jen Laird. Yeah. Hi, everybody. <laughs> we don't often use the, um, if you can't pee without laughing. If you can't laugh without peeing yourself. Yeah, that thing. We worry about your pelvic floor. I know, but also... <gasps> oh, do you have a pelvic floor thought? <laughs> wow, that was a big thought. I have another bone to pick. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, you guys, we actually talked about this before we pushed the record 20 button. 20 minutes. We're like, guess what, Elise? You're not going to have a bone to pick because you always start the podcast with, I've got a bone to pick. And Jen was even going to make me try to pick something great that happened this week so I could start with that. And I was like, really? That's not exciting. And so we had this whole thing. Like, we've been talking about Jen's yoga outfit. I- I'm for- very comfortable today. Yes, we've been talking about this. Sweatpants, sweatshirt, the yoga pants. But here is my bone. Oh, brother. Can we go back to my bone? (laughs) I don't (laughs) know. Throw me a bone, Jen. What's your negative bone? I took my kids. What are you picking? To the trampoline park the other day. Like a bouncy house trampoline place. Were you wearing what I'm wearing? Uh, yeah, for okay. sure. But Which throw, is, throw a, like a beanie on my head. Of course. Um, and throw on some Converse because okay. you got to complete the least version of that yes. outfit. Yep, but yep. absolutely. Yep. So we go to the trampoline place and my kids are bouncing and there's, you know, some grownups bouncing on trampolines and some kids. And I look over and I see an older woman holding a very brand new baby. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm waiting for the clothing, but this is not, we're not going we're into not what people are wearing. We're not talking about her clothes. And I we, say, oh. oh my goodness, how oh, yes. old is this baby? She's just gorgeous. And the woman who later identifies herself as grandma says, she's almost six weeks old. I'm just <gasps> holding her while mama bounces. No, Wait, you're telling me. Uh-huh. Almost six-week-old baby. Uh huh. Mother of three is bouncing. Uh huh. On a trampoline, okay. up and down, up and down. My pelvic floor hurts right now. Everybody, do something. <gasps> Take your left hand and stick it in front of you. Okay. Oops. Take your right hand and stack it on top of your left hand. I do it. And then hold your pelvic floor in real quick. Oh. Right. Oh my god. I think my uterus is falling out right now. Just in like. I know. I just Oof. saw your uterus laying on the floor. Look at there's my fallopian tubes. <laughs> Wait, the, I know we're like making light of this, but it's you know not funny. Oh, I mean, it actually happens goodness. to some people. I had a lovely conversation with Grandma. Then Mom walks over, and I might have said, "Oh my goodness, your pelvic floor!" And then I text Jen and was like, "I probably shouldn't have harassed her about her pelvic floor because that's the really jerky thing that yeah. you know Don't, you shouldn't do." Yeah. Bad move. Um, we did talk a little bit more than that, but oh my goodness, her public floor, you guys. What did she say? Oh, it's okay. I've got three kids. I can't <gasps> sit still and heal. You know, I didn't have time to rest after this one. I had but to get she, back out there. Was her pants 
wet? Uh, they were black. I couldn't tell. Oh, okay. Because you okay. got to wear black pants. Yeah. But what I thought was, <gasps> she could still be bleeding. Yeah, she could. She could have a pad on in those pants because that would Ooh. be normal. She could still be leaking a little pee. But also, Elise, for the sake of uh, argument here, oh. um, maybe it's okay because she has a strong pelvic floor. Do you think about that? Like maybe For the rest of you, you can't see, but I'm giving Jen the stink eye right now. I'm giving her the, <laughs> the old stare down. Like, I don't know. No, there is never a good reason to jump on a trampoline after you've given birth. Yeah, that's... There, you shouldn't jump on a trampoline to get into labor. You should not jump yeah. on a trampoline after giving birth. Such an anti-trampoliner, are you? Well, here's the deal. Take care of your pelvic floor, and then you could trampoline away after that. It's true. That's a... You know, I'm thinking of, like, way different if you guys were on a hike, right? Or doing something mm. like that. Like a good, brisk walk instead. Right. Like, because the point of it... Uh, everything in your body goes up and down. Boom, down. Yeah. All I could just see after that Ooh. was her jumping and everything going floop. I'm just yeah. thinking about as your internal organs are starting to move back to where they belong yeah. and how that must feel. So there we go again. Okay. I did it. What is this? Like episode 31. And, and you picked a bone. I'm picking bones. Yeah. Um, but I would like to recognize that Jen looks super cute in oh. her yoga pants. Well, also, thank you, And Elise. she's not even going to the gym or yoga. She's just looking all cute and sporty. Oh, okay. Really? What is happening here is I'm lazy and this is super comfortable. Yeah. But mostly clean, except for the small, small mark of, I don't know what that is. Jen always has a little food right there. It's kind of like you're pregnant. I haven't eaten any mustard. <laughs> How did you get a just, little mustard on your chest? No idea. Maybe it's orange juice. Oh, I think it's orange juice. I should probably wash this. But anyway, it's feeling comfy. But I was thinking about, um, you know, on all the social media where it talks about like, oh, the mom outfit. You just wear like the yoga pants and the sweatshirt. I'm like, why not? This is pretty comfy. Yep. You know, I'm really tired of social media telling us, oh, I know I'm picking another bone. I, I get tired of social media making us feel bad about, you know, don't wear comfy clothes. Don't wear, you know, don't do this. Don't do that. Although, yeah. don't jump on a tra trampoline. I'm going to write yeah, that on social media. Yeah, listen to that. You're, but, but you're seriously, like, like self-care stuff. And I think today's show kind of came from some social media. Totally did. Um, we are going to switch it up a little bit with the meme, but you were inspired by a meme that you saw. It that really was, yeah. Yeah, so um, I, there's a lot of things in life where I feel like I halfway agree with things, and then I think about it a little more, and I'm like, no, actually, that's too simple. So you like you partially pick bones? I think so. Yeah, it's you like split that bones? is too simple of a, um, I don't know, like things you put on your wall in like a little sign or something. What do you call those things? Those yeah, like, I know what you mean. You know, artsy, like well, she believed she could and she did. Which we love, but also. I do love that. And it doesn't apply to all situations in life. She believes she could, but also sometimes there's other obstacles. Okay, 
Uh, wow, we're just Debbie Downers right? today. Right? No, but seriously. No, but I feel like there's there's a lot of in uh, what do I call that nuances to some of these things that we can like see, whether that be in everyday life or in like when it applies to pregnancy. So um, what this person was referring to was having some fear and some faith or some trust, and how how do you have both. That her point was, I can't have fear and have faith and trust, and I disagreed. And yeah, because she said, like, in a loving basically, way. you have to kick out one or the other, right? right? Like, there's no room for both. One has to go, so that I can stand in, you know, faith and trust. Right? And we're big, like, birth with fear people, right? <laughs> Which well, sounds a little bit crazy. Birth, but... birth in spite of or with meaning, like it is. It can be a part of your journey, yeah. But it doesn't have to be overwhelmed. You don't have to work super hard at getting rid of fear. You actually increase confidence instead of trying to get rid of fear. And this is so nuanced. That's why you can't right. make it a cute little thing to hang on your wall. She believes this is she could. Why and she did. our memes are so wordy, right? So we if you like haven't words. checked out our Instagram, just take a look and notice that our our memes are like eight hundred words. They're like a small essay where everybody else yeah, has adorable right? memes. Ours are like you know small yeah. essays. Um, so my point here was: um, Is it possible to hold both? Is it possible to have both fear and uh, um, trust slash faith? So. I'm such like a, the way my brain works is I kind of like, I'm, I'm a looker. Does that make sense? Like I'm a thinker and a looker. So when I think about this in one hand, it's like I'm holding fear. And then in the other hand, it's like I'm holding trust slash faith, whatever word you want to use in that, well, right? Well, let's define this trust too. Can we, can we pause and define what this trust might be? Like specifically for birthing? Yeah. And I, and parenting, I think it's trusting in the process, trusting mm-hmm. that you don't have to think to your baby, okay, baby, you are X amount of weeks right now. You need to grow this organ or you need right. to grow fingernails or hair or whatever it might be that your baby knows how to do this, that your body can do it. And of course, like all things, there are limits and challenges, but trust in this process that there's never been a baby born into this world that's ever read a birth book. True. Trusting, but can you also have fear? Meaning you don't have to overthink the process, Right. right? Yeah. So in between one hand, I got fear, one hand, I've got trust, faith. And then I feel like in the middle, which is my heart, (laughs) is hope. Like somewhere between blindly just going, oh, yeah, it'll be all right. Um, In the words of someone from New Zealand or Australia, she'll be right, mate. She'll be right. Um, (laughs) So just going, ah, it'll be almost a dismissive, like, it'll be okay. And then on the other side, the fear of like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And and worry and anxiety and this, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, right. And then the middle of that is hope of like, okay, this is out of my control. So I got faith on one side. I got fear on the other or concern. And in the middle, I go, I have hope. And what to me that hope symbolizes is I will have the tools that I need for um, the challenge that I might face, right? I love it. Um, that hope is I can make it through this. Because I really feel like if we look back on our lives and we're like, oh my gosh, how did I get through that? 
Well, the reason he got through that is because you didn't know it was coming, right? We rise as human beings. We rise to the occasion when challenge comes our way, right? Like look at major life events that happen, whether that be individually or corporately in a whole cultural context, right? People saw World War II coming. They like, well, hopefully we would have prevented it, but no one would have believed that the human spirit would rise to the occasion to help out other individuals, like whatever. Um, so we, if we see things coming, we would be so afraid and we would be paralyzed by, I'm not going to be able to do that. So it's a good thing we don't see what's coming, right? So we Absolutely. live in the moment. Otherwise we get blinded or whatever, not blinded, but paralyzed by yeah. fear. So I guess if we were going to put this in context with birth, um, and an example would be that maybe we were thinking about our birth and have this idea about the kind of birth that you want. And so you have this trust that, uh, I'm sorry, this fear of how am I going to get through this? How am I going to have the birth that I want to have this, you know, can I do it? Air quotes, can I uh, do it? Whatever that would be, that's your birth that you're hoping for. And then on the flip side of that, having this, um, trust mm-hmm. that in this process that bodies do work and that babies do come out of bodies yeah. and that parents raise children all the time without ever having experience being parents before because right. nobody's a parent before they're a parent. Right. Um, and then in the middle, you know, there's that hope. And I think even for yep. me, it kind of hit me that you were also saying intention maybe. Yeah. And I think, so there's this intention and that's where that birth plan comes in of, okay, I'm going to put on paper or if you're, uh, if you're visual and you need to have, you know, um, maybe a a collage or whatever this looks like, if however you want to display your ideal birth or what you're wanting, your hopes and desires for your birth, this is your intention or your hope. And you can have that flexibility, of course, we'll yes. have to bring that in there, but you can have this fear and you can have that trust with it. Yeah. So I think that hope also symbolizes groundedness. Mm-hmm. And by groundedness, I mean um, that I'm not springing forward in fear into uh the what ifs. I'm actually present in this moment because in this moment, there isn't any fear because fear is about that next moment. Because right now in this moment, I'm breathing. I'm aware of what's happening right now. I'm not thinking about what's to come. I'm in this moment. And hope is, I think, grounded in that present, not in the what ifs and oh no's right? Mm. Because it's present now. Um, And I really think this applies to all of our parenting journeys. This is not, this starts in, in pregnancy because it is this major time of lack of control. I can't control how fast my baby's going to grow. Oh, they told me my baby's a bit small for gestational age. Or that ultrasound shows that there might be an underdeveloped kidney and we're going to take another ultrasound in the third trimester to see if that's cleared up. Oh, looks like my placenta is laying kind of low in my body and we're hoping that it'll move back up. So I'm going to have to have another ultrasound later on to figure that out. Any of those things? you it's out of your control 
right? You have to trust in the process. You have to stay in the moment and try not to control your anxiety, right? And fear, whatever. We're going to use words around that and stay grounded in hope. Um, That's not necessarily a blind hope. And I don't think hope necessarily looks like it's all going to be okay. I'm going to be fine. It's actually more of I will have what I need when I need it. And I'm going to get through this. I'm suggesting that hope isn't necessarily optimism, but belief that you will have what you need at that time. Right. And that's putting um, some of that overwhelming fear to the side, but not denying that it's necessarily there, because I feel like there are times with fear that it can actually keep us from moving forward. Right. Absolutely. And and yet there's also so many great times for that fear actually helps us a lot too. We were talking earlier about this and I was like, hey, my fear of getting run over stops me from walking out into an intersection that's busy Mm -hmm. every day, you know? I wait for the crosswalk to turn because you should not walk out into the street. So we have to be afraid. Like there is some... There is some beauty in fear. It's not all bad. No. And like I was telling Elise earlier, I was like, I can reflect back on knowing more about my personality type, knowing the way that I operate. And when I am grounded, um, I always have fears. I always have some fear slash anxiety right underneath. But if I allow those things to um, control me, I am not operating in my best self, right? Right. So what one of the things that really makes me um, a more present both birth and postpartum doula is that um, I have seen a lot of things, right? I'm an experienced in birth and postpartum complications and things that happen. Um, But I'm also experienced in when they go well. So both, right? Complication and when things just work themselves out and go well. But I have already prepared in my mind for something going wrong. And so when I'm present in my work life, I've already kind of thought through mentally what could happen. And so I actually feel really prepared for how I'm going to react in that situation. So when I'm with my clients, I'm grounded. I am not spinning through the what ifs. I am just present with what's happening. And I am the peaceful presence in the room, hopefully, right? Most of the time. I mean, this is feedback I get, right? (laughs) So in my work life, that my fear actually works in my favor and that I've planned for it all. And Mm -hmm. so I know what I would say. I would know what I would do. I would, um, how I would react and that I would continue to be grounded because I've already prepared for it emotionally. Right. So what annoys me (laughs) is that (laughs) for my personality type, I don't do as well translating that sort of thing into my other life. Right. Right. I'm still concerned about having my 15 year old out after dark in a particular part of the city um, and him not answering his cell phone. That activates my fear. (laughs) That's totally fair. (laughs) And that is not something that I uh, find my best self coming out, you know. And um, so then I have to make these decisions um, and the way it can look kind of spinny for me is, oh, no, I'm the worst mom ever. Why am I doing this? And then the other side is, oh, wait, 
I know that he's with some adults right now, that there's lights at the, at the skate park he's at, like, um, we, he's just communicated with me. I know he's okay right now. And then the other side can start to scream a little louder. And what is your job to protect him? What if something happens? Why are you trusting? So there can be a bit of this like back and forth, back and forth for me where I'm actually in those moments unsettled, right? Same thing applies to when we're thinking about, um, you know, I'm planning this kind of birth and oh no what I'm going to use an example um some folks like to plan um out of hospital births um and so they're choosing to have a um a midwife come to their home or a birth center to be the provider for their care at a birth and they start to think what if there's a complication and I'm not near a hospital and then they start to go with those thoughts right oh no oh no oh no or you're at the beginning of your pregnancy and you have an experience with miscarriage and you think, oh no, what if this doesn't, I'm dreading, what if this baby doesn't also survive? You know, there are lots of these things that we can get stuck in with fear. And yet where is the room for both hope as well as the um, trust in, okay, I'm going to continue to keep going here and I have to sit with the uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the idea of getting rid of any, like all of your fear before giving birth is a whole lot of pressure. Thinking back to when I was having my first and I had been to a hundred births before that and had so much fear still because Hmm. there's so many variations to birth and you don't know what you don't know. I mean, you don't know when it's going to start. I mean, here's birth at some, at some day, you know, around this ish time, you know, 40 ish weeks, give or take, you know, around five weeks at an unknown time during that, that day, Labor is going to begin in an unknown way, in an unlo- oh, unknown man. location. Your water may or may not break first. Um, and you may not, I mean, you may be home, you may not be home, you might be with your partner, you may not be with your partner. And right. you don't know if you're going to be tired or you're going to be well rested or if it's going to be at night or during the day. And I'm not trying to freak anybody out. I'm getting tired just thinking about it Right. All because there's so many variables. There's so many variables. And so then we're like, hey, you should not have any fear around birth. It was like, how could you not have any fear around birth? But I think that that fear is what helps us to prepare for all these different variables. We take all of that information. Okay, so we know that there's roughly a five-week window that most babies are born in. But typically for first babies, they often come past their due date. But there's always, you know, there's always the occasional first baby that comes earlier. Usually birth doesn't start with your water breaking with a big gush like it does in TV while you're out at the grocery store. Okay. Labor is also pretty slow, so you have time to get home. You know, so educating yourself is a great tool. If you're feeling a lot of fear, then grab some books. Keep listening to the show. Um, You know, talk to your provider. Get a doula. Take some birth classes. Get information so that you can educate yourself because knowledge is power. Knowledge helps to alleviate fear that can be alleviated. Right. And then... You know, going on from that, like discovering what your other fears are. If you have a fear of pain in labor, then look at what those are. There's 
there's some that can be addressed and others that's like, eh, for those who are birthing out of hospital, if you've got a fear of pain, you have two options. You can continue to birth out of hospital and think about what you can do to relax and stay as comfortable as possible out of hospital, or you can explore pain management through medication, but that would require a change of location. Right. So for the most part, it's like one of those times where we look at fear and we're like, eh, can't really address that one. We're going to put that on the shelf. We're not going to, that is not a fear that we have to alleviate because you can give birth without getting rid of that fear. Hmm. I think what we're identifying is that fear isn't an emotion and emotions aren't bad or good. Right. That we have constructed a um, good or bad stamp that goes on emotions in our culture. So you shouldn't get angry, right? Because that's bad. Right. Oh, I would love to list all of the different situations in life when anger is, you know, (laughs) necessary, helpful, all the things, right? But whether or not you have contained that anger for instance, or whether or not you've let that spill out, which in makes your actions dangerous or unproductive or unhealthy or whatever words we're going to use around that, right? Same thing with fear. Fear is, there are, are fears in our life that we actually need. I want to get on an elevator and listen to that part of my body that might be telling me both fear or a high alert please pay attention, Jen. This is a bad feeling that you're having, right? Right. Or walking down a dark street at night, like that intuition. I do believe a few weeks ago when we were talking about writing birth plans, the, we talked about the brain acronym and that I is for intuition. Right. I think that fear plays into intuition a lot. Like we want you to have that gut feeling, that intuition that says, "Mm, you should be a little afraid right now. Yes. So at least Um, Can you think of, I don't know, some more practical examples of how we're integrating all of this faith, trust, hope, and fear? Yeah. Well, let's take it back to that original example from the beginning where we're thinking about the way that you want to give birth. And you've got a lot of fear around giving birth. You're thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm strong enough. I I don't know. It's going to hurt. How am I ever going to get through this? And... I'm even going to throw in, I don't know how to parent this kid. I know. I'm going to throw in all the fears, right? Because those are all the things. I think we all fear all of that going into birth. I don't know. I think that's what makes us part of this club is that that's the, the fear that we all go into this with is, can I do it? Yep. And keep doing it, right? Don't prepare to have teenagers when you're growing a baby inside of you. Right. Yeah. So how do I do it? So you can have some fear around that. But what we want to do is we want to decide what fear there is useful and what can be contained and what can't. So what can you get rid of? Yeah. And how do we get rid of it? So we can get rid of it through education. We can get through it, uh, get rid of it through support, getting a nice support team on, thinking about who's going to be around you. So if you've got a friend coming to your birth who really wants to be at your birth because you guys go way back to high school, um, but she makes you feel a little afraid because she doesn't believe in the way that you're birthing or you feel a little judged by her, whatever it might be, but she makes it kind of boil up in you. 
next from the birth team. Mm. She doesn't need to be there because we know we need oxytocin. And oxytocin and fear, they can exist together, but we really can't have them fighting yeah. for space, Absolutely. if that makes sense. So we need you to feel safe mm. um, with the fear, the bit of fear that you have. Another way to get rid of it might be actually not reading uh, birth books, because a lot of people read tons and tons and tons of birth books. Mm. I'm thinking, of course, read some birth books. But how do we work on some personal development yeah. to get rid of some fear? And some of those personal development things that I'm thinking of, I know that's a big word to say, <laughs> personal development. There we go. Um, thank you. I'm thinking of are there are particular books that I'm drawn to that give me information about things like, say, shame resilience, coping with fear, mindfulness-based thinking, um, things that may have to do with my um, faith beliefs in a higher power. Um, how do I lean into those things? Um, and or even like the nuts and bolts of birth. So you understand yeah. what to expect. For me, I need to know, what do I expect? Um, right. So what is going to happen? There are several books out there that talk about this is what happens in early labor. This is what yep. happens in active labor. And this is what happens in the early days of having a baby. So for me, that really helps to alleviate some fear. And I think, you know, to not go overboard with those yes, is really important. Was that where you were going to go? That was totally I'm my point. Your, is, stealing no, your thunder no, 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 there. No, that's totally what I'm thinking is, gosh, I wanted to read all of these books on parenting toddlers and <laughs> um, kids yeah. who are in school. And, like, I just want to know how to be a good parent when I think would have been more helpful for me would have been to have been replacing those sort of books with um, – how to develop myself as a person mm. and to deal with some of the big feelings that I was having. And that would not have been helped by parenting books. Those would be different sources of input. I'm also just thinking about maybe having a therapist. If anxiety has been a theme in your life, then having a therapist, someone that you're um, talking with, that you're working issues through with, a place to acknowledge and um, to find some new ways of coping or thinking yeah. in that part of your brain. Um, so we're talking, what, what, where were we going with we're, it? Well, so we're going to talk about fear. Way. But I wanted to say, like, if there was a bullet point here, yes. if I could, like, magically put a bullet point in your radio or your speaker, rather, your radio. Your radio. <laughs> what are we, in the 80s? <laughs> I was totally going to say we're in the 80s. Yeah. I'm going to put a bullet point through your speaker right now. Ding. Here it is. It's that... De deciding is this a fear or is this an anxiety yeah because anxiety is going to need to be addressed right. where a fear is okay that's all right we can birth through fear that's yep. going to be just fine okay. um it is okay you do not have to be rid of every single fear because oh my goodness if i had if i couldn't leave the house every day oh until goodness. i was fear free i would never get anything done i am you would constantly never afraid yeah i mean not afraid like i'm not like oh my gosh i can't go to that right. place or do this but there's always a like oh my gosh did i just i was talking to somebody the other day and i had just i had just eaten an oreo and i was like oh Oh, no. I'm pretty sure I have Oreo on my face. And I have this little fear that I'm, like, talking, and I've got Oreo all around my mouth, and no one's pointing it out, you know, and that my kids are going to say, Mom, why do you have cookie on your face when we left? <laughs> 
or rather, Mom, why did you eat cookies without us? Right. So both I was afraid of my kids and kind of making a fool out of myself. So I'm talking about these kind of fears, like yeah. Oreo on your face level fears, not right. like... I'm dealing with trauma and I need to address those before birth because that's really... That's in a different category. Oreos and trauma are in a totally different category here. So I don't want to minimize the big stuff. Exactly. Okay, so let's go back to that fear. So we're talking about educating yourself, taking some birth classes, reading a couple of books, but not going crazy. And thinking about your birth team, thinking about who your provider is. Do Mm -hmm. they make you feel less fearful around birth. Do you want to have a doula there? Um, We're big fans, uh, obviously. Do you find a doula that resonates with you? Could you find a doula that resonates with you who helps you to alleviate some of that fear? And then on the rest of it, just saying, you know, screw it. And walking through the rest of it because I know it's such a flippant way for me to do it. But it, like, it kind of is because I was hands up s- in the air and give that fear the middle finger and walk on through, right? <laughs> I'm glad you have that perspective. <laughs> Mine is this sweet little heart that I hold in my hand. That's the beauty of the two of us, yes, Jen. Yes, and I go hope. I will cling to hope. I will know that I'm going to have what I need because as I look back, I've always gotten through the hard stuff. Exactly. And that confidence builds confidence. And I will be able to get through. And I can't predict all the difficult things that I might have to walk through. But I will know that I will be able to do it when the time comes. And when I say do it, I'm not exclusively talking about having a baby. I'm no. talking about all the things in life. That Parenting, we, the new job, going back to work. Yes. Deciding to stay home, whatever it is. Right. Right. And leading on that feelings come and feelings go and no feeling is permanent it's true which is a wild thing to think about when you're sitting in this how am I ever going to get the baby out of me yep and how very little time is actually spent growing a baby and even less time birthing a baby oh gosh yeah yeah you and can I do anything so for two minutes mm, so true I can run really fast <laughs> and hard for two minutes I cannot say the same, but I could cheer you, you on for two minutes. No, but you could, Elise. I could. I totally could. That's, that's absolutely. You can do anything for two you minutes. You can do two, anything for two minutes. And um, there is a connection. There's a mind-body connection here. When our brain is saying, you can't do this, you can't do this, we're not focused and we're not grounded in the moment. We're somewhere yeah. else being, it's chaos it's scattered it doesn't feel good so that's where we hop to the next part that's the trust right so we saw the fear and then we went to the hope and saw how to or the hope or the give it the middle finger and walk away or not 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 like turning away from it and walking away but walking into it yep um facing it head on And now we're going into the trust because whether it's birth or it's parenting or it's making decisions for the rest of your life, there is going to have to be some trust that you don't get to control it. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. You don't get to control it. How many times have we said that? How many times this week have we said that? Broken record. That is is not. (laughs) (laughs) 
feels very, very <laughs> R-rated or even beyond, Jen. I feel like we might. I mean, I Chainsaw know. Chainsaw Massacre? No, definitely not in that direction. <laughs> oh, no. no. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, wait. What, I, what, what, I mean, we, we have just highlighting lyric. Here. Or explicit content rating, but wow. Say one more time what that thing I was trying to like. No, broken record. Backward, backward, backward. What's our broken record is... Wait, what did you just <laughs> say? <laughs> Shoot, I totally it's forgot. Something about control. Control! There we go. You <laughs> can't control it all. So I think a lot of people spend time in their lives leading up to pregnancy yeah. in a world where they can mostly control yeah. it or get the feeling of controlling it. Yeah. And then they're pregnant. And most people during pregnancy, or if not just a lot of people during pregnancy, get a good dose of loss of control mm-hmm. and then birth. Yeah. And then you get a baby and then life goes on after that. And if you haven't fully wrapped your head around, whew, no, the kid isn't the boss of the house, but yeah. this, like, I am not in charge of who this little person is. Right. Those are two totally different things. Totally I want to be clear about things. that. Yes. I don't let kids run my house, but certainly I am not, like, I, I did not design their personalities. I do not mold them. They are not little cookie cutters. No. Um, they're no. actually not baby dolls. No. Um, so there isn't a ton of control there. We, there is a great loss of control. And so moving into that trust, trusting that this process works, trusting Mm -hmm. that we figure it out in a speed that we need to, that we don't figure out teenagers when we have newborn babies, figuring out that we don't figure out how to, you know, raise a toddler while we're pregnant. We can work on what we need to know. And trust that our bodies know how to do a lot of this. Yeah. Our kids have zero expectations. I was just looking at a little list of, like, what babies need when they're born. And nowhere on there does it say hashtag nursery goals. Hmm. Nowhere. So trusting that your baby's totally cool with whatever life they are given because they don't know that some other kid has a, you know, the whatever thousand dollar crib. Yeah. So I think that there can be in the in the myriad of things that um, happen as as we're pregnant and thinking about having a baby there there. We can be like um, almost like falling off a cliff of like I'm grabbing for rocks of control. And mm-hmm. sometimes those rocks are. Like you were just saying, like Trust. having the nursery done or having, you know, all the perfect relationships or I don't know. Organizing just, the clothes from aid or, you know, from short sleeveless to long sleeve or for whatever. For me, it you know. was reading all of the parenting books because oh. I wanted to do this right. Yeah. You know, um, and then as I figured out there wasn't a way to do this right, Um that I could just, you know, lean into having a relationship with my kid and figure out along the way what I needed to know and go find that information when I needed to know it mm. and work on my own self-development um, in the process. And that that was just as important as um, figuring out parenting strategies. Because if I could control my own feelings of groundedness and emotional health, then actually it really impacted my parenting in a very beneficial way. Yes. 
Um, so there gosh, you have it. You've got like, some trust in the process, and you've got some fear that you can sit with and yep. live with and birth through. And seriously, like we are – I know there's a lot of pressure on getting rid of all of your fear for birth. And mm. we just – we don't see people showing up for their births completely – Fearless. I mean, nobody is wearing a superhero cape into their birth. Like, they show up with fear and babies still come out. Yeah. So knowing that you don't have to get rid of it. And, you know, we are single-handedly trying to start the hashtag birthing with fear. Yeah. Because we think that, you know, you could do it. You can. It doesn't matter. So yeah. Yeah. We, we trust this process. It's it, it, the, the thing I would like to say about that, though, is it's containing. Let's find the right, right. way to contain that fear. Eliminating S- the anxiety. Right. So that it doesn't feel like that fear is controlling us. And I think that's a subtle, nuanced difference that we're trying to talk about. That, um, yeah. We don't need to replay what we're trying to talk about. We've you got it. You just heard it. it. Yeah. So yeah. I think you get it. There's there's some good and there's some ugly fears and there's some good stuff to to know that you can just yeah. walk away from. And there's a lot of trust to be had and hope to be had. And this process can hold not just those two emotions, unlike Jen's meme suggested. Well, not her yeah. meme, but the meme but. she saw. Not only can you hold those two emotions, but you can hold so many other emotions. And that is the beauty of parenthood. So perhaps that meme wasn't written by a parent because parents know you can hold all the emotions and someone else's too. And a stack of their dirty dishes and their laundry. Yep. So you've got a lot of arms when you become a parent and you've got a really big heart to hold all the emotions and all the children and all the needs. So know that you can hold all of those and balance them. And you're not done growing. None of us is. I mean, emotionally and possibly physically too if you're growing a baby. for listening you guys and um, start a conversation with us if there's been some stuff you're like huh what are you talking about that's a lot of nuance in there um yeah give us a question let us know what you're thinking we want to engage with you yep you can find us on instagram at pushing it podcast and you can also shoot us an email at jen and elise at pushing it podcast.com we'd love to hear from you Please don't forget to subscribe as well so that we pop up on your podcast every week on Monday. See you next week or we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.